0: Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between Washington politics and the auto retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by AIADA affinity partner Cox Automotive. Transforming the way the world buys, sells, owns and uses cars. Find out more at AIADA.org. I'm joined on today's podcast by Charlie Chesbrough, the Senior Economist and Senior Director of Industry Insights at Cox Automotive. He's a regular here at Beltway Talk, and he's back today to talk about trends he's seeing in auto sales this spring. Well, welcome back to Beltway Talk, Charlie. It's great to have you with us again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Let's start out by talking big picture. I know the last time you were on the podcast was in December, I believe, and automakers were wrapping up a better year than many had expected at that point. Um, But what big picture trends are you seeing in our industry from the first few months of 2021?
1: Boy, well, there's a lot of things that kind of still remain that have happened at the start of the uh, pandemic that really haven't gone away yet. And some of those trends are we're seeing a much better uh, interest rate that customers are paying out there, that interest rates when purchasing have fallen during the pandemic, the average interest rate, and they've stayed low. So uh, folks that are borrowing out there are getting a little bit better interest rate than they were at the start of the pandemic. Uh, there's a couple of interesting reasons for that. But uh, one is, is that the industry has been doing a lot of interest rate subvention programs. But also, the, uh, the, all of the accommodations that the Fed has been giving folks uh, has made people's FICO scores improve a little bit. We've actually seen, even even though the, the pandemic's been terrible for the economy, we have seen for a lot of uh, consumers out there, their FICO scores have gotten better, meaning they can get better interest rates, maybe buy a little bit more for the same amount of money. So that's one of the trends that we've seen. And uh, the other one that we're we're seeing is that the retail side continues to remain strong. That folk, there's a lot of interest in new vehicles. We're seeing a lot of shopping activity. Uh, so we're really, uh, in a situation where we're starting the spring selling season with a lot of interest from consumers and folks are are starting to get those government checks. So it could be a, a very robust mm-hmm. spring.
0: Okay. Well, um, I think the next topic is kind of an obvious one, but, uh, talk to listeners a little bit about the chip and general part shortage that we're seeing across the industry right now. I know that's been very much in the headlines for the last several weeks, especially, but I know that's impacting automakers to varying degrees. What are you seeing on your side and how do you expect it to play out?
1: Yeah, it's, there's really a couple of issues going on regarding inventory. Uh, The the bigger picture is, is that the industry is still down in total inventory uh, as a result of the pandemic and the factory shutting down last spring. We got behind about 3 million units of production. Uh, We have not made up all of that ground. So uh, across the country. Right now, as as we speak, there's about uh, 20% less new vehicle inventory at dealer lots than there was uh, a, a year ago uh, at this time. So the inventories are relatively lean out there. And on top of that, we had this sort of new issue, which is also related to the pandemic, uh, of certain components being in very short supply because those factories shut down uh, during the pandemic and one of those is this very specific computer chip that is used for all kinds of things uh, by many many different automotive companies and there's just not enough of these little computer chips so a lot of factories have been having to slow production lines or uh, idle production lines for certain shifts so that they weren't building too much uh, because they couldn't get these little parts. we don't see it being a huge issue it's been getting a lot of media attention some of the vehicles that have been affected Uh, already have a high day supply. So cutting back a little bit on production isn't necessarily the worst uh, thing for them. Uh, Certainly there's other vehicles though that are in very, very tight supply. Uh, uh, A lot of Toyota products like the Tundra, for example, uh, and the Tacoma appear to be in very, very tight supply that are also listed as being potentially impacted by this chip shortage. But some other ones, there's, uh, there's quite a few of the vehicles out there. So I don't think we're gonna see a real impact that consumers would notice. Uh, now, that said, if we see that this situation continues, uh, you know, indefinitely over the through the summer, well, then of course it it could be a bigger and bigger issue. But uh, at this point, we we from what everything we've read from a lot of the firms that uh, forecast production levels, we don't really get into that. They only expect a sort of a, an interruption of production that could be made up later in the year. So, uh, regarding this issue, so we don't see it that big just yet.
0: Okay, okay. Um, now, I know that there had been inventory shortages, especially at the end of 20. Um, uh, you know, do you have an update on the broader inventory levels the dealers were experiencing on the new and the used side? Is there anything there to note?
1: Yeah, well, day supply uh, continues to remain relatively tight on the new vehicle side. Uh, it's recovered uh, quite a bit on the used vehicle side. It's essentially flat on a year-over-year basis. But I would say in general, both the new and the used market are going into the spring selling season with a very, very tight supply situation. And so, I, and, I, and I think it's important to point out to your listeners, uh, Hannah, that we're going to have a very unique spring where we're going to have very, very tight inventories, a whole bunch of interest from consumers that are starting to feel better about the economy and, and life just because the, the virus appears to be uh, uh, starting to subside now that the vaccines are out. And we have this massive government stimulus that's going to be coming and and families are going to be getting checks for thousands of dollars. Uh, So we, you know, giving people money in a tight inventory market, we could see folks running out to buy a vehicle uh, and vehicle prices are already relatively high. Uh, It could be a situation where the the tight inventories and the strong demand are going to push vehicle prices even higher this spring. Uh, And so that's something to keep an eye on here in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, on that note, do you think dealers will keep fewer cars on their lots in the future as a result of this inventory crunch? Do you think that's kind of a long-term trend we might start to see?
1: You know, it's hard to say just yet. We we are seeing there's some benefits to it for the industry. If you have leaner inventories, uh, it, it, it does allow the manufacturers to be a little bit more price disciplined. Uh, we see that incentives are actually down as a percentage of, of transaction price, uh, over the last uh, six, seven months. So the, the tighter inventories does suggest that there's a little ability to pull back uh, on incentives and, and for dealers themselves, there's some value in it, uh, because they don't have to spend as much on inventory. don't have to tie as much money up in their floor planning. Uh, and I'm sure all dealers uh, like that, not having too much capital expense, but that said, uh, You know, everything's great as long as it doesn't interrupt sales. And at this point, it's hard to Mm -hmm. say that the the limited inventories has prevented uh, customers from finding the color that they want or the trim package that they want. So there's a fine balance of keeping a lean inventory, but making sure you've got enough uh, for your your weekend buyer that he can come out and and go home with a vehicle that day. Uh, now that's the big challenge for the industry. We've, we've trained our, our vehicle shoppers to expect that they can go out on a Saturday and come home uh, with a vehicle. Uh, many other parts of the country. Don't, don't sell vehicles that way. You have to go order your vehicle and it takes weeks and weeks for it to come in and then you, you go pick it up or it's delivered to you. Uh, we've, we we do not really do things that way here. I don't know whether the p- pandemic's going to change that, uh, spe- uh, anytime soon. Uh, but certainly, uh, uh, it is going to be a different shopping environment for everybody here once once everything opens up again.
0: Yeah, sure sounds that way. And uh, speaking of different environments, I know there has been a renewed and increased focus on alternative power vehicles, move toward electrification, really with the um, new administration. And that's just from a policy standpoint here in Washington. But it really seems, at least to me, like American consumers still to continue, still prefer trucks and SUVs. Um Do you have any comments on this or are you seeing any trends in the market that would indicate a change or a shift?
1: Well, we're certainly seeing a lot of media talk about electric vehicles. Uh, You know, the Mm -hmm. consumers just aren't that interested in them. You know, they're less than 2% share of the whole market right now. Uh, But I think we're going to see in 2021, some things are going to change. And that is, is that we're going to start to see some new electric vehicle products uh, that are going to look different. Uh, Rivian's uh, supposed to launch their new uh, truck, uh, their electric vehicle mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, end at sometime at the end of the year. Uh, we know that Ford's already got their new uh, Mach E uh, coming out into the market, uh, which will be mm-hmm. a you know, bigger kind of electric vehicle. Uh, so it it isn't necessarily sort of the Nissan Leaf anymore that we all kind of uh, thought about when we first electric <laughs> vehicles or even the small Chevy bolt. Um, uh, so they are getting bigger. They're going to they're have longer range. And I think they're going to provide more competition to their uh, internal combustion engine counterparts. But that said, I still think there's a lot of uh, reluctance from consumers to, to move forward on these things. Uh, it's a big financial commitment. The technology's moving quickly. Uh, do you want to commit to a vehicle uh, that, you know, who knows, maybe they're going to double the, uh, the range possibility uh, in the early years of your ownership of this vehicle. Uh, you know, that you may be stuck with a lemon at that point if, uh, if everything mm-hmm. else has moved beyond. And so it's a very difficult time for electric vehicles and their adoption. And, and of course, you have the whole range anxiety issue and where do I charge this thing? And you have mm-hmm. charging stations, but if everybody ran out and got an electric vehicle, we wouldn't have enough charging stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, there's a lot of planning to go, but I will say from my own experience and from what I've heard from talking to people, if you drive an electric vehicle, uh, it sells itself. That in terms of a driving experience, it's really one of the most incredible pieces of machinery the industry's ever put out, and uh, I think that uh, once the, the the range anxiety is addressed and we do have charging stations, it's going to be the the driving performance of electric versus the driving performance of gas, and and electric may be able to win that contest, and, and we mm-hmm. may see consumers really will start to make the change.
0: Okay, well, I guess it will remain to be seen. Um... So, uh, kind of tying up everything that we just discussed in terms of predictions over the next few months. Um, what do you anticipate seeing as the weather starts to warm up and mandates, you know, in places like Texas and other states have really been relaxed and you know people are kind of resuming a sense of normalcy? What do you see in the market?
1: Well, we we think it's going to be a busy spring, as I was saying, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, you have just a, a perfect storm on the good side of of, uh, of interest, uh, financial ability, and financial willingness. Uh, among uh, among everybody and that's a market participant. So we think the uh, the industry is in for a very very robust spring. A uh, lot a lot of strong vehicle sales. But that said, we do think that inventories are going to remain a headwind for the industry. Uh, and we know that fleet activity is going to be limited, and that that includes probably some commercial or business type uh, activity uh, that may be a, a little bit more depressed. You're not going to get as much small fleet activity that may happen at some dealerships around the around the country. But I think everyone should be prepared for a a good spring and get your get your vaccine shots so that you can go out there and enjoy it. And uh, I Mm -hmm. I think uh, the industry is looking at having a very strong uh, remainder of the year as well.
0: Okay, Um, is there anything that we missed today that you wanted to chat about or that you think we should know about the market in 2021?
1: Well, as I think I mentioned earlier, I think one of the real opportunities that's going to be in the market this year is going to be leasing. There's going to be about 4 million off-lease vehicles coming into the market this year. And what's really interesting about those 4 million vehicles is that retention values have really shifted upward uh, as a result of of the lean uh, inventories that we have in the marketplace today. And so uh, when that vehicle was leased out three years ago, they may have been expecting a a, a retention value of 55%. When it actually comes back uh, to the dealership, it may actually have a book value much higher than that of 60, 65%. And so there's gonna be a whole bunch of vehicles coming back that have equity in them. And the effective management and uh, rollover of those folks into new vehicles, all of that's gonna be a real opportunity uh, for the industry, for the OEMs, uh, as well as Mm -hmm. dealers. And so uh, dealers should be aware when that lease uh, is turned in, uh, there may be value in, in trying to flip it themselves uh, and they also should know that uh, cons- the consumers should also know that there may be value in purchasing uh, as opposed to just turning it in. And I think the manufacturers themselves are probably going to be doing a lot of lease pull ahead type programs uh, because of the built-in equity in these vehicles. They can give some of that back uh, as a strategy to try and roll consumers uh, into into new products. And so, uh, as I said, leasing is going to be a real opportunity. And I and I suggest everybody uh, pay attention to it as they as these folks come into your, your dealerships this year.
0: All right, Charlie. Well, sounds like you covered pretty much everything. Um, I really want to thank you for jumping on Beltway Talk with us today. I'm sure you'll have much more to say in the months to come, and we can catch up then. Sure thing. All right. Thanks so much, Charlie. Have a good one.
1: All righty. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening into this episode of Beltway Talk and Charlie Chesbro's discussion of the auto retail market. For more of Charlie's in-depth discussion, check out his recent Autotalk webinar. The recording is available on our website at aiada.org slash autotalk. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.